But at the end of the day, those are the people that you want to convert to clients. So making sure that you are just as passionate about them as they are about you. Welcome back to Duo On Air. I'm Abby. And I'm Courtney. And we're the ex-agency turned entrepreneurial team that puts the Duo and Duo Collective. Our boutique organic marketing agency specializes in SEO, social media strategy, and branding. We're an everyday pair of business besties slash marketing experts obsessed with helping our community learn more about what it takes to run a business. Which is why on Duo On Air, we're not holding anything back. We're giving you all the info we know about how to grow your business organically so you can be the confident CEO you were made to be. And how to navigate life as a small business owner. Whether it's on your own or with your best friend by your side. So grab your coffee or your mimosa, we don't judge, and settle in for a quick value-packed episode of Marketing Tips. Welcome back to the Duo On Air podcast. This is episode nine, all about finding your niche and what that looks like. So I think that this is kind of a funny topic because when we first started Duo Collective, this was one of those things that we really tried to nail down right away, and we were so confused on who our niche should be and what that looked like. And we thought it was one of those things that we had to figure out before we could even launch our business because we wanted to be successful, we wanted to know who to go after or who we were talking to, and we didn't think that we could do that if we didn't have this very specific narrowed down niche. But we could never really get there, so we decided to just start our business and kind of go after the ideal client that we were looking for, but we never really got very specific on like what that niche was. So today we're going to take a little bit of a unique approach to this question in identifying your niche and knowing that it's more important to understand your ideal audience than it is to actually niche down. So these should go hand in hand, but sometimes we think too hard about narrowing down to that perfect niche rather than just focusing on your audience or our audience and who that person is. Yeah, who we sometimes will look at other people and we'll see that they have this perfect niche that they've narrowed down to and it's magical and it works for them and that's awesome. But forcing yourself to get to that point right away in your business just isn't going to feel natural. And honestly, you're not even going to know. So we're kind of going to use ourselves as an example here. So we're three years into our business. And this is something we actually just did recently. Um, We have had this like audience person in mind. But over the years, things shift and evolve, you figure out what you like, what you don't like. And you just have the experience that you didn't have before, where you're finally able to kind of narrow in on that person. So let's take a look at Duo Collective's audience. We gave them the name of the growing entrepreneurs. This is mostly our agency, like life coming back to us. I feel like we always named every single one of our audience, audience groups. And of this group of growing entrepreneurs, they are mostly female. However, we do serve a lot of male-owned businesses that we really love working with. And even though our Instagram and our voice really resonates with females, a ton of male business owners who have heavy female audiences gravitate towards us too. So that's kind of a cool, unique approach. It's not that we need to encompass males in our communication. It's that naturally that just kind of happens because they're thinking about their audience too. Yeah. I think this was a hard one for us to figure out because we really wanted to be strong in the area of like 
empowering women to start businesses and to do their own things and kind of break out of the traditional of like nine to five or being a stay at home mom and not being able to run a business like coincide with that. Mm -hmm. And I think we, so we were like, oh, female focus. Yeah, let's do this. But then we were like, we could be losing so many cool opportunities of working with like these male, you know, brands or like these male owned companies. And so we, we really kind of tiptoed around this for a while, but ultimately it came back to like, we're not niching to a specific gender here. We want to keep the doors open for all of them because again, like we have worked with really awesome male owned Mm -hmm. businesses. And the cool thing about them is that they really want that female perspective because they are thinking of it in the male mindset where they want our perspective from a female mindset. So that's really interesting when that all comes to play. Yeah, that's really fun. Another part of the growing entrepreneurs category is they are just, um, they've been running their business for probably a handful of years. So think three to five. They're in this creative business space. They're getting ready to outsource. They haven't, maybe they haven't outsourced or they've dabbled in it a little bit, but they're not really sure what to hand off and where to trust people. Uh, They also want to focus on new marketing tactics. So they might have been doing it themselves for a good chunk of time and are finally realizing that they need to do something else. And when they think of marketing, all they think of is paid ads. This person is also wants some more streamlined processes for some of their different tactics like social media. They're eager to learn. They're passionate. They crave results, partnership, and community, and they have absolutely no issues with serving their audience first. So this is who our audience is. As you're listening to this list, you might be thinking, yeah, we could totally niche down. And you're right. We absolutely could. And we've thought about this many, many times. So the different areas that we've kind of thought about niching down have been, should we serve just product businesses or just service-based businesses? Should we focus on a specific industry? Think we've worked with restaurants, we've worked with fitness um, instructors, we've worked with educators, we've worked with copywriters. Should we pick one specific industry that we should be speaking to and serving all the time? And then even when it comes to our services, Should we, for SEO, for example, when we do website audits, right now we don't specify a certain platform. We work with every platform when we audit a website and we're comfortable in every platform, which is why we do it. But could we choose our favorite? Like, for example, Show It is one of our absolute favorite platforms to be in because our website lives there. Should we just become Show It website auditors? And the answer is maybe. Maybe one day we will do this. But right now, we chose to focus on a different area. We didn't want to focus on niching down our audience quite yet because we truly love everyone we work with and we found that we can find efficiencies in different ways. Yeah. So we ask ourselves often, who is our favorite kind of client? And our answer always comes back to the same thing. And that's that super passionate individual that has so much passion for their business as well as their, you know, their work from home life and their personal life. And they've just, they're so passionate about all of it. And when we see that passion come through in our client's voice or from a video or just meeting them in person, we get so excited because we 
that's how we started our business. We were super passionate about what we were doing and anybody that we reached out to for help with starting our business, they could see that passion. It would just glow off of us. And when we see clients like that, those are the clients that we want to work with. That's kind of our kind of our quote unquote niche, we would say. Um, but it's not a specific industry or anything. It's more that specific person that we're looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, and so where we chose to actually niche, would we would say is in our offerings, which sounds a little weird and a little backwards and maybe like not even a thing. Maybe we just <laughs> made this up. But um, rather than offering everything in the organic marketing space like we used to, we used we focus on Instagram, SEO, and branding. So those are really our three quote unquote niches is focusing on those services and knowing that we are the experts in these areas for these very passionate small business owners. And I'd say even in the last year, we decided, like, we have always been social media strategists. We decided that our passion really lives in Instagram. And actually, we were serving the majority of Instagram. So we just changed it up and we were like, hey, we're Instagram strategy experts. Like, this is where we're really going to live. But all of this happened over time. We had to work with multiple people to figure out which services we're working, which ones we loved, which ones our audience loved, which ones saw results. It took time. So if you are in the very beginning stages of your business, we actually encourage you to take on more. Don't niche down right away because it really, it's your opportunity to even figure out what the heck your niche is going to be because you're not going to know and chances are year after year after year, you're going to continue to revise, refine, and get to that point where you feel really confident and comfortable with who your audience is. We were just talking about this today about one of our first projects, and it was such an amazing client and such an amazing project. But one of the things that we offered at that time was brand photography. (laughs) And we both know how to work our way around a nice DSLR camera, but we definitely are not the experts in this area. And Abby's mom would laugh at us right now because she is an actual (laughs) photographer um, and very professional and knows what she's doing. But, um, you know, we just kind of knew what we were doing when Mm -hmm. it came to that. And it was all very successful and she loved what we gave her. But after we finished that project, we were like, we don't think that we're going to offer this as a service. This is just not what we are the experts at. We can definitely Mm -hmm. outsource this or like give suggestions or recommendations for people who are much better at this and much more efficient than we are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that kind of brings us to what the benefits are of niching down. Whether you are niching down your audience or niching down your offerings, um, there are so many benefits to it. So the very first one is to streamline your processes and workflows. So like Courtney has just said, with this brand photography project, we were starting everything from scratch. We had not done one of these for our clients yet. And so we needed to figure out a good timeline, a good approach. How should we brainstorm content for the photo shoot? How should we deliver the content? How should we do our timeline? How should we communicate with the client? All of those little intricacies of the process had to be done from scratch. So we really had no efficiencies. There was no workflow for the project. Whereas now, because we've really narrowed down our services, we have workflows written out in Word documents, thanks to our business coach, Val, um, where it walks through everything we do from the inquiry email all the way to the testimonial email. We have those workflows laid out that really help streamline our process 
regardless of who the client is. And that is kind of a huge efficiency when it comes to your niche. The second reason is that you can really speak more clearly to your audience. You know who your audience is, you know what they need to hear, you know what their problems are, you know how to deliver the solutions, and because of that, it helps you convert more easily. Your audience isn't going to question whether they're right for you, they're just going to know that you are speaking their language and it's going to help you drive more conversion for your business. So... How do you do it? Right now is when we would suggest grabbing a pen and a paper, or if you don't have those readily available, you can peek at the show notes later and think through some of these questions. So the first one is, who is your audience right now? Uh, Whether or not this is the audience that you're trying to attract, you need to answer this question because if it isn't the audience that you're attracting, then you need to kind of reevaluate who that is that you want to attract and how you ultimately have to start attracting them. The second one is which of this group or groups do you feel most passionate to serve? So if you don't have that passion to serve your audience, then they're going to ultimately see that because your passion will come through in the way that you speak to them or the way that you deliver your content. So really making sure that you are super passionate about who you're serving is so ideal because those, those are the people that you want to work with. At the end of the day, those are the people that you want to convert to clients. So making sure that you are just a, as passionate about them as they are about you. So what, another question, what could you be more efficient at when it comes to your offerings? So just like we talked about before, before, how can you create those efficient workflows that help you just breeze through and just provide more value while taking up less of your time in the details of the project? So if you have a done-for-you service, um, what is, is there a project out there that you don't seem to be getting more efficient at over time? As you continue to do the project, are you finding efficiencies or not? Because if you're not, there's likely an issue with who you're serving and a reason why it can't be more consistent. If you have a product-based business, do you feel like you have a ton of categories or a ton of avenues in which you're creating new products for? If so, you probably do need to find an area where you can niche down your audience from there. And if you are an educator, do you feel overwhelmed with the amount of content that you have to educate, the new course that you have to create? If that is the case, maybe you're trying to spread yourself across too many categories, or maybe your audience can be niched down a little more from there. Next, what is the thing that you like creating the most? So this is such an important question because when we first started our business, like we said, we did that brand photography shoot and it just wasn't one of the things that necessarily got us going or that we were super passionate about. And we knew that we weren't the experts in that field. So that really brought us down to like niching down into what we wanted to do as far as services go. Uh, another thing that we, you know, love to do but can't take on nearly as much because we need more people would be website design. So we definitely work with different website designers. Uh, we have done it ourselves too. We can. It's something that we really do enjoy, but it comes back to that efficiencies. Sometimes it's just not efficient for us to do it or it's going to take us longer. So therefore we bring in partners or we recommend different web des- website designers out there. So really just making sure that what you're creating is something that you love and that you're passionate about. And then what is the thing you like creating least? 
if you're creating something that you have no passion about and that you just can't get excited about, maybe you should reconsider offering that service or whatever that might be or that product. If it's something that doesn't get you excited, it's most likely not going to get your audience excited because you're not going to show that excitement. So really just kind of taking a step back and actually asking some of the things that you might not like that you're doing that you can reevaluate and change. Yeah. And are you doing it because your competitors are doing it? So you feel like you have to, like, there are certain questions to ask yourself of why are you doing this? Because if it's just not, if you aren't passionate, like, isn't that the whole point of why we run our business? We want to do something we're passionate about. And yeah, at the end of the day, we need things to hit our bottom line. But there are ways to marry the two of those. You can find your passion and what you're offering, create a service that makes sense or a product that makes sense, and then um, really build it from there. And then the last question that we we ask when we are thinking through who our niche is, is where do we want to be in five years? What do we envision for our business? And if, for example, right now, this is a question that we're asking ourselves a lot because we love doing done for you services and we love working with our clients, but we have also truly loved our group coaching program. So it's also trying to identify like, where do we see ourselves in five years? Are we still doing both? Are we moving in one direction or the other? And honestly, we truly don't know yet. But this is a question that we will continue asking ourselves every single year as we create more offerings and do more things. So now we ask you to take a step back after answering these questions, and you will likely notice that either a person you are serving or a product or service you are offering might not be serving you best. And that is okay. Uh, it could be a little alarming at first to realize that, but it's totally okay. And we have been there a few times. So you might also notice that there's something missing or something new that you need to focus on. And that is okay too. You just have to take that direction and follow that lead. And again, make sure that it's answering all of these questions and that it's something that you're continually passionate about. And we honestly think that it's, it can take a while for your niche to come to life and your niche could change throughout the years. It does not have to be set in stone. It's a thing that can obviously be a little bit more organic with your business. Yeah. Yeah. So really just give yourself some grace and never sacrifice finding that perfect, like drilled down niche over the passion of who you want to serve. Um, it's okay. You're not going to have a drilled down niche like someone else has and that's okay. Uh, so just make sure that you are giving yourself time to ask these questions. Make sure you're moving in the right direction of where you want your business to be and that's really the best that you can do year after year is just continue to refine as much as you can while still creating that passion within your business. If you like this episode, please be sure to share it with a friend and subscribe so you don't miss any new episodes dropping every Monday. Plus, if you haven't already, please leave us a review and you will be entered for a chance to win a box of Duo's favorite things. And at the end of every month, we will be doing a drawing and the winner will receive a box of goodies. See you next week.